Welcome to Riches in Christ Radio Ministry with Diane Kennedy. Please stay tuned at the end of today's lesson. We'll give you information on how you can acquire this week's tape, along with information about our weekly meetings and website. Now, here's Diane Kennedy. This week, we are continuing our discussion of the importance of becoming a regular, systematic reader of the New Testament. To become a regular, systematic reader of the New Testament means to read it from start to finish over and over again. You don't skip around. You don't pick random verses. You don't stop to look up the words you don't understand. You just read. You read as close to every day as possible. If you can't do it every day, every other day, you don't have to read for hours, 10, 15, 20 minutes a day. You'll be amazed how much you can get read if you do it regularly. If you commit to becoming a regular reader of the New Testament, you'll be a different person a year from now. I challenge people to do it, and the people that take the challenge, they will tell you. I can give you names of people that I personally know besides myself who do this, and they are changed. That's because the Word of God is a supernatural book that produces transformation. The whole point of this series, which we began last week, is to encourage you to become a regular systematic reader of the New Testament. I'm going to keep saying it over and over, explaining what it is and how you do it, and giving you reasons why you should do it, telling you what this will do for you. We left off yesterday saying that the Bible is not an ordinary book. It is a supernatural book that produces transformation. You were born again by the word of God. First Peter chapter one, verse 23 says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives, liveth and abideth forever. The word of God was preached to you. The gospel, the word of God, that Jesus died for our sins and rose again. When you believed it, and bowed your knee to Jesus as Savior and Lord, transformation took place in your innermost being, and you were born again, or born of God. You became a new creature. Supernatural transformation took place by the power of God through his word and through his spirit. Now that transformation, that the transforming power of the word of God is intended to continue after you are saved. The new birth is the beginning of a process that will ultimately conform us to the image of Jesus Christ or make us Christ-like in character and power, holiness and love. God continues to work in our lives and produce transformation by his spirit through his word, but he can't do it if you don't read it. Let me just give you I'll start off with this verse. I, we left off with this yesterday, 2 Corinthians 3.18. This is how the Amplified says it. It says, And all of us, as with unveiled faces, because we continue to behold in the word of God, as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transfigured into his very own image. Let me stop right there. Let me repeat that. That's a lot of words. But Paul is saying here that as we continue to behold the glory of the Lord in the word of God. We are constantly being transfigured or transformed into his 
very own image in ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. As we behold the Lord, see the written word, the Bible reveals the living word, the Lord Jesus. When you look into and read the word of God, you are looking to the revelation God has chosen to give us of who he is. And this supernatural book will produce change in you. Just as much as it produced the new birth, it will change the way you think and the way you act. See, God, by, let me just read you, just, these are just a few verses. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse, uh, verse 13 says, uh, let me, let me read it exactly. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. Now listen to this. The word of God, which effectually worketh also in them that believe. According to the Apostle Paul, who got the gospel he preached directly from Jesus and who was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write two-thirds of the New Testament, including this passage right here, he said the word of God works effectively in those who believe. We are nourished and built up by the word of God. Jesus said in John, I'm sorry, Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says, as, sincere, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. It's no accident that the Holy Spirit inspired men to compare the word of God to food. The Bible is food for your inner man. And, you know, if you went to the doctor and he said you had an iron deficiency, start eating more spinach. Well, you don't have to understand how spinach imparts iron to your system. You just have to eat it. Well, according to the written word of God, the Bible, the Bible works in those who believe it. It produces transformation in those who expose themselves to it. How does it happen? Well, I don't have to understand how it happens. I just have to eat the food. I just have to read the word. I just have to expose myself. I have to look at the written word, the living word of God through the written word, the Bible. The Apostle John wrote to a group of people, First John chapter 2, verse, t- uh, verse 14, You are strong, young men, and the word of God abides in you. These men were strong because the word of God abided in them or indwelled them. They were strengthened inwardly by the word of God. See, the Bible's not an ordinary book. Reading the Bible is not the same as reading a self-help book, not again self-help books. It's not the same as reading a cookbook. It's not the same as reading a novel. I'm not against any of that, but none of those are supernatural books capable of producing internal transformation that shows up on the outside. The Bible is, and the Bible will, if you will eat the food, if you will read it. We're changed by it. Uh, James, the first chapter, verse 21, says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, That's King James for quit doing really naughty stuff, excessive naughty stuff. 
Now listen to this. And receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Receive with meekness the engrafted word. When something is engrafted into something else, it literally becomes a part of it. The word of God will become a part of your inner being, and it will save your souls. Now, this is written to Christians, so it's not talking about whether you go to heaven or hell. It's talking about saving your mind and your emotions. That's your soul, are producing transformation and bringing the effects of salvation to your mind and your emotions so that you think differently, you feel differently, and consequently you act differently. God's word enlightens our mind and speaks to us. You're familiar with Psalm 119 verse 105. Your word is a lamp unto my f- uh, 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 your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. People say, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Well, the word of God is your lamp, your light. Yeah, but how's it going to tell me what to do? I don't have to worry about that. All I have to do is turn the light on. Let me read Proverbs chapter 6. Speaking of the word of God. uh, When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. When thou wakest, it shall talk to thee. The word of God will lead us. It will keep us. And it will speak to us. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen, the prophet wrote, Your words were found, and I did eat them. And your word was to me a joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Jeremiah said he ate God's word. Well, what does that mean? He took it in. He took it in, and it produced joy and rejoicing in his heart. The word of God is compared to food to help us understand a supernatural process. You don't need to know how food works, but you do have to eat it. You don't need to understand. You don't have to understand how the Bible produces transformation in you. You just need to read it. See, God works in our lives according to what we believe. You can't believe what you don't know. Most people think they know the Bible. Uh, Christians tell me regularly, oh, I love this verse. I read the Bible. Oh, I read the Bible. And they're not lying to me. They think they read the Bible. But... If all you do is play Bible roulette and read random verses here and there, if all you do is read a devotional, if all you do is turn to the verse the preacher says turn to on Sunday morning, nothing wrong with any of that, you're not reading the Bible. Most people think they know the Bible, but how can you, if you haven't read it the from beginning to end, how can you know it if you haven't read it? How can you know it if you're not familiar with it? Many sincerely think they read it because they read random verses, or, and if I step on your toes, I don't mean to, I'm just trying to help you. Um, they, I run into Christians who complete those read-through-the-Bible-in-a-year programs, although that's commendable and you're doing more than a lot of Christians. It doesn't make you familiar with the Bible. By the time you get to Revelation, you don't remember what you read in Leviticus. Uh, it doesn't make you familiar with the Bible, and understanding comes with familiarity. Many sincere Christians believe verses that have been taken out of context, but they don't know it. Consequently, 
They think they've got a promise for something, but there's a false expectation because they're not promised what they're believing. A classic example is Luke 6.38. Jesus said, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. Now, I don't have time to read the whole passage there, but if you've heard that, you probably heard it read at offering time, telling people that, look, Jesus said... You're going to get back money according to what you give, so give as much as you can. If you read the passage in context, you will see that Jesus was not talking about money. Money was not under discussion. Nobody in the audience would have heard him say, dig deep in your pockets, give a lot so you can get a lot. He was talking about what you give out relationally in terms of mercy and kindness you'll get back from people over and above what you give out. Now, I don't have time to read it because we're almost at the end of the broadcast. Uh, people talk about getting a hundredfold return. That verse is taken out of context. It did not mean what it meant to the original readers. It did not mean money. I'm out of time. We'll have to pick it up right here tomorrow. Amen. You've been listening to Diane Kennedy of Riches in Christ. To order this week's teaching on CD, be ready for our number coming up soon. Diane teaches locally every Friday night at 7.30 p.m. near Highway 44 in Jameson at 4720 Jameson. Praise and worship is provided by Mercy's Child before each lesson. Riches in Christ provides a website at www.richesinchrist.com where you can listen to this week's radio lesson, download years of teachings and outlines, sign up for free weekly outlines, and order Diane's book, God is Good and Good Means Good. Friends, Knowing that God is good is the single most important thing to stand on when trouble hits. If you think the trouble comes from or is allowed by God, then you need this book. For information or to order this week's lesson on CD, call us at 1-888-739-6619. Please mention today's date. Our number again is one 739 66 19.